专注度没有在自身，然后去。You see that triple C? Did the schmo jinx Wei Li? She's on the couch. That serious, intimate moment. It's countdown, and he got the schmo over her left shoulder. Ooh. That would do. I, I gotta get. I gotta give the schmo some shine. So no, I mean, I think if I think if anything, schmo, I think you're the good luck charm. It just so happens to be that's just the way the fight game goes. There's always a winner, and there's always a loser. And with that said, welcome back to the Triple C and Schmo Show. I'm the Schmo. My co-host has an Olympic gold medal and a two-division champion, Henry the Messenger Cejudo. Let's get this ball rolling, Schmo, because time is money and money is time. Let's go. Indeed, the Schmo is fresh off of a plane. We're a little jet lagged. We came straight from Madison Square Garden, and that is the best way to introduce our gold medal moment. Because our show, as you know, Mr. Olympian, we got the gold medal moment, the silver medal moment, and the bronze medal moment. So the gold medal moment, let's start with this. There's two UFC title fights at the Mecca Madison Square Garden. Let's start with Usman and Covington. Were you surprised by Colby Covington's performance in any all shape or form? You know what? I wasn't. I, if anything, Schmo, I think I was a bit disappointed to be honest with Colby because there's at times when you go through war, the first time that he did with Kamara Usman, and you go and you try to, and, you, and if you're not ready for it mentally, you won't fight the same. So I think even up to even watching Colby Covington's like seeing him walk out. I can tell there was something different with him. I can tell he didn't have necessarily have that swagger of of confidence. Like, all right, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna claim my stake. So, and you could tell in the fight, he was just super cautious since the last time they fought. I think Kamar Usman was a little more focused. And for that reason, when you have that vibe and that energy, I think in order for you to beat a guy like Kamar Usman, because the wrestling nullifies itself, you're gonna have to bring the fight you're gonna have to make it dirty and kobe covington did not do that on the note of body language all the body language police were out on weigh-in days because he held his hands over his crotch when he weighed in as 169.4 pounds on this scale you know something when the schmo was watching this fight live the schmo scored it four rounds to one for usman i thought this fight was not as close as the first fight. And let's just say this. It's not that Colby Covington didn't perform well. Kamara Usman just got that much better. Listen, I'm not saying ring rust is a real thing, but Usman definitely polished up his skills. Trevor Whitman, let's just give this man his shine. Three for three yesterday. Come on, I know he did. You know, he's fighting against Wei Lee, but <laughs> the boxing was so crisp, the head movement and everything like that. And he was taking Kobe's best shots. Kobe shot early, Mr. Wrestler. He was going for the wrestling. Those takedowns were nullified. They were stopped. And Usman, man, he just looked jacked in there, man. He just looked like the stronger, more confident fighter. And uh, it just begs the question for the schmo. At this point, because we said this last episode, that if he gets through Covington, which we predicted, he'd be the greatest welterweight of all time. The Schmo thinks he's the greatest welterweight of all time. Does Triple C think that Usman's the greatest welterweight of all time? 
Of course, without a doubt. I mean, GSP has done some amazing things, but GSP has also had close fights. I mean, you can almost put an asterisk when he fought uh, when he fought Hendricks. You know, he's had close fights before. And like I said before, man, the Kamara Usman is putting people away. He's hurting people. I mean, he's literally knocking people out senselessly. He wasn't able to do it against Kobe Covington, but you can't deny it, man. Those numbers don't lie. And, you know, there's a reason why Kamara Usman is pound for pound. I And the crazy thing about it too, Schmo, is there is a lot of room for improvement that I see with Kamara Usman. He has the ability, but there's a lot of things that he needs to tie up whether it's going to be some things on office takedowns or even he tends to have a tendency of slouching, uh, slouching his head down when he throws combinations and things like that scare me because those are patterns. So even though he is training with the great Trevor Whitman, man, if I was a, a welterweight, I'd be looking out for that and really timing uppercuts. But nonetheless, Kamaru Usman is the greatest welterweight of all time. So hope all you Canadians out there in, in Canada are paying attention because the Nigerian nightmare is the king and the greatest welterweight in history. And he's looking for history because last month, early October, when the Schmo was in Denver, he told the Schmo that he wanted to box Canelo Alvarez for number one pound-for-pound pound combat sports athlete on the planet. Dana shut that down at the press conference yesterday, <laughs> saying he doesn't want that. But the serious yeah. conversation then is, what's it going to take to be on the list? Because we both agree he's the greatest welterweight of all time. What's it going to take to be the greatest MMA fighter of all time? Because we both also agree that John Jones is at the top of the list. But look, what's it going to take? Because yesterday, the Schmo, or on Saturday, the Schmo, rather, asked Usman at the press conference, deep down in your heart, would you fight at middleweight? And then, you know, he said this before, $100 million would be the only way he fights Izzy, $50 million apiece, they'll figure out a way to share. But what do you think it would take to get Usman in the conversation of greatest of all time? Will it take being a two-division champion, or do you think he doesn't need that? No, he needs to. He need, two is better than one. I, I I put myself ahead of Usman as of right now. As a oh. matter of fact, Shmo, this is the way I have it: John Jones, Demetrius Johnson, uh, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, and I'm about to put Triple C uh, and number five and Gold Mountain. Just for the sake of, I have two belts and the people that I've beaten the best of my generation. There's something to be said whenever it is that you do have a second buck, because that's really pound for pound. When you're able to go up the next 10 to 15 pounds and defeat your opponent, I mean, that that's something to be said. You've already lapped the division, Kamara Usman. You've already lapped. You already beat Kobe twice. You've already beat, uh, uh, you know, uh, Masvidal a couple times too. I mean, you, you know, the winner of Masvidal and, uh, and Edwards, I mean, you're going to beat Edwards again. There's only one. There's only one take in my side, and that's saying go up and fight your African brother. Because you know what, this is about legacy. You know, I, I'm sure if, it, if it's the African pride, I I kind of get that, but I don't get that. Actually, as a matter of fact, I really don't get that because to me, it's all about legacy. You know, somebody else, you know, in the near future is going to be able to go through the same run that Kamaru Usman did. But the difference is, is can you win a second belt? And can you fend that second belt? And that's what I want for the Nigerian number. I want him to go up. I want him to fight Izzy. And I just believe he has a perfect style to beat somebody like Izzy because he has wrestling.
What the Schmo appreciates the most about what you did, Triple C, is when you got that Bantamweight belt, you defended it against what many people call the consensus greatest Bantamweight of all time and Dominic Cruz, and you got that win, then you retired. So you got the belt. I knocked him out senseless. That's right. The show was there in Jacksonville, baby. That's right, man. And then as you were signing off, you called for a fight for Dana White to make, and that guy's still running scared we all know what we're talking about so let's go to the other event that had championship gold on the line this one hits close to home way lee against rose two but here's the situation way lee she outstruck her and she won in the takedown department so it begs the question triple c how did you score this fight man as a competitor as a competitor, I would even give Wei Li as a competitor. It's just a pure heart of what is it that the person did. I would give I would give Wei Li round one, two, and three to her. Really, the only problem is, is it doesn't matter what Triple C thinks because you, there's three judges that you have to convey. And I tell you what, round five was probably the deciding factor because round two could have been a swing round schmo. And that's the, that's the way the show saw it. Swing round. And, and that's exactly and what happened there is like Rose might have stole that round because at the very end, she ended up on top. And those are things that we've always trained and we always talked about during training. You always want to end up in the, the best position possible. And Wendley did her best, as you saw, the wrestling uh, came intact. I mean, she was kicking the front leg, as, as I told her. She was wrestling. She followed the game plan. The only problem is, is you got to give credit where credit is due. And Rose went out there and she literally blitzed for that takedown. She took her down. She controlled her on top. And Wei Li, at the highest levels, and we talked about it, we, what we probably should have worked on more is her getting up. We underestimated, we probably underestimated uh, Rose's takedowns, even though we're going over takedown defense, but more importantly, getting off from bottom because takedowns don't mean anything if you can't control. But you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, I want to go with my girl and let you know that she won, but at the end of the day, that means I would be a sore loser. Competitively, I would give it three rounds to two-way league, but I can understand why the judges probably swung that second round. She won second, uh, fourth, and, and ultimately fifth. But these are lessons that we learned from. Willie's happy. And imagine, Schmo, I was with her for seven weeks. Seven weeks, that's the, that's the, that's the amount of time that I had with her. This girl, pro, I promise you, Schmo, and I promise to all you fans out there, she's going to come back and beware because China will rise again and you know something triple c what makes our show so special is we got you and your accolades you got the schmo with boots on the ground we watched the fight live and live we did score that second round for rose and ultimately those championship rounds Whaley with the game plan we saw those calf kicks early she went for him she was able to follow up with combinations I saw the takedowns working, but with Rose, man, she got the takedown in the later rounds, in the championship rounds, and her ground game was strong. Her grappling, her BJJ, very underrated. She's so well-rounded, and she's strong, man. When she was able to stay on top in those championship rounds and have that control, it was able to solidify. And when you're the champion, you have to be dethroned. And it wasn't a situation where Wei Lee 2.0, unfortunately, on this day, didn't do enough to sway the judges to do enough. But what we love, what we love is at the post-fight press conference, she was upbeat. She was positive. She reassured she'll be back there, Triple C. Train with you guys. Eddie Cha, Triple C, captain, the whole fight-ready team. 
and really be back because she will because the schmo feels like this isn't going to be the last time we see these two dance i mean rose she might be she's i think surpassed joanna is the greatest 115er and of all time right now i think that we will see eventually a Whaley and Rose three, like we will see a Valentina Amanda Nunez three. It's just something we think we're going to see. But the last question I'm going to ask you on this topic is, was there anything specific that you wanted to see Whaley do that you guys worked on in the seven weeks that she wasn't able to execute for some reason? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was like the scorpion. I think getting up top is trying to try and make it a put in a triangle on the leg from top control. That was the one thing. But honestly, Schmo, she did everything that we asked for. She kicked the legs. She wrestled. She wrestled towards the end. She ended up on top. I just think uh, I just think that fifth round, that championship round really hurt her. And it sucks, man. Me as a coach, as a teacher, I'm not necessarily a, a coach. I'm a teacher. As I'm a counselor. I can only give advice. I'm I'm not there full time, but I was literally there with Wei League every single day, and it just hurts me as a, as a teacher, as a as a counselor, as a if you want to call me a, a part time coach to be able to see somebody that's worked so hard and be so close, and just for a mistake, tactically staying down there, and us as coaches not having her, you know, to to get back up and respecting maybe some of Rose's uh, wrestling, and that was that was just it. I mean, you got to give credit what credit is due. This, I think this is what makes our show special, Schmo, is that we tell the truth. Yeah, we can fabricate things and we can be cringe or whatnot, but you got to give credit what credit is due. And as much as I want to see Wei Lee win, I can understand why the judges had to swing it to, to, you know, to Doug Rose, man. So congratulations to you, Rose, as much as I hate saying it, as much as I hate telling you, but we will be back and China will rise again all right there it is folks now let's get on to the silver medal moment justin gaethje michael chandler that's a fight that lived up and well beyond expectations modern day gladiators let's look at this point though triple c at the end when he was getting interviewed by schmo rogan justin gaethje <laughs> mentioned something about <laughs> them being fighters gladiators at the wrong time that those two were warriors that they would have fought to the death at a different era what do you make of that statement i tell you what he is not lying because you imagine man like he when justin gaethje said that smoke he gave me the chills i mean it's something like uh it's something really is out of like the gladiator man because that's exactly what we do that was a good fight that was that was our bar brawl and they uh and they delivered now let's move on to something you don't know about bronze the bronze medal moment it's going down this week let's look forward yair rodriguez is fighting max holloway whoa people are sleeping on yair rodriguez remember yair rodriguez he's got a chip on his shoulder man i know he's had that long layoff and he's a friend of mine but this kid this guy has an ability man he can throw kicks from a mile away i believe if he has a proper game plan against max holloway takes his legs out and maybe even potentially even take him down. Why not? But surprise, surprise. And we all know it. The the problem is that sometimes we have to have confidence to do it. I think if Gary Rodriguez is able to do that, I think he could beat and upset Max Holloway. You heard it here first. 
Well, here's what the schmo has to say about all that. Both of these men have had some sort of significant layoff. However, Yair Rodriguez's layoff has been much more than Max Holloway. And with that said, the last time we saw Max Holloway inside the octagon, it was Abu Dhabi ABC for the public. And he put on a display. He set records in striking inside the cage. Listen, this guy, he is a Hall of Famer. Everyone says, hey, Schmo, you call these people Hall of Famers. Well, guess what? The Schmo only talks to these Hall of Famers, but they are Hall of Famers. <laughs> Him being one of them, Max Holloway, just like you will be, Triple C. So I think that this is such a great fight that you can make the case that the winner here fights for the title next. Unless, 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 unless you, Triple C, have to say something about that. Yeah, you know what? You know what, Shmo? I, I got to take care of my baby, man. I'm about to be a dad in the next couple of weeks, so I'm going to have to exit out of that plan, Shmo, you know? Because it's, man, I, I think, and I'm still training. I'm still doing all that, but it's just, it's a lot of, of work late, man. And that's the only You're fight. coaching, too. And that's the only fight that I do want, Shmo. Like, yeah, I don't want the ugly potato Peter Yan or, or Brenda Moreno. Like, I want, I want legacy, man. I want the gold. I want something that nobody's ever done. But not right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's an honest guy. And with that said, let's go to this week's top moment. Look at UFC 268. Three guys fighting for the first time in the UFC. All coming out on top in strong fashion. Let's start with Chris Curtis. Look at this guy, man. He was going to retire at one point from MMA. What he did losing in the PFL. He comes back. He does something spectacular. He takes down Phil Hawes, Megatron. You look at this guy's body, Megatron, man. All the hype around him. He takes him down, he knocks him out. And look at this, man. He wins in his first UFC fight. Then you got the anticipated, and he's under Glover Teixeira, Alex Perea. Man, this guy's got this long body. It's going to be hard to take down. He's chasing Izzy. We know the story behind that. And then Ian Gary. Man. He's referencing Conor McGregor in the post-fight. Man, he's got to protect himself because he was tagged a bunch. But he he, he slipped and he, he ripped and uh, he got him with that right hand. Kudos to him. He got involved. <laughs> and uh, he will. He's 23. He's the future. Those are the three guys for the top moment. Yeah. And, of course, man, but you're right, Shmo. He's going to have to protect himself because he does have the ability. And he is. he did go from Ireland to, uh, to the U.S., to Henry Hoos. But he's... He's a, he's a tough kid, but toughness doesn't always get you world titles. Or sometimes toughness is your worst enemy because when you do it too much, it's just a matter of time before you keep getting clip, 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 clip. And this is why they call it the glass jaw. So he's talented. He has the ability. He just needs uh, he just needs more experience. You can't be in these firefights no more. You got lucky. The dude was on his way to beat you. Now let's talk about some pillow fights. Dun, dun, dun. That's why the Schmo loves all the pillows on the couch. That's why we saw the pillow of the Schmo behind Wei Lee. All the pillows. It's the hypothetical fights. Let's start with this. What's next for Kamaru Usman? What's Top next for number one? Kamaru Kamaru wants a little bit of that Canelo money. He wants some of that Canelo money. But it looks like Dana White is uh he's not too enthusiastic. He knows that Canelo is uh He's he's dangerous, and obviously it's two different sports. But he did say that if, if Canelo was to come to MMA, which he won't, but if he did, he would want to make that fight happen. But anyways, I think the next fight for him is he needs to go after another belt, plain and simple. When you start lapping people in two, three fights, like 
Forget it, man. You got to go after legacy, man. You guys are brothers. This is a competition, but at the end of the day, it is a competition. And uh, I think Kamara Usman should go up, fight Israel Asanya, take that bout. Two is better than one, and you become the solo, the one and only African king. Well, the Schmo asked him that very same question yesterday, last night at the press conference, and he literally said to the Schmo, $100 million, man. That's more than Canelo money. That's $50 million a pop, and uh, he doesn't want to fight his brother. So the Schmo simplifies it into this format. If Leon Edwards beats Jorge Masvidal, then I think that he should be fighting Usman. He gets the rematch. You have the storyline what they last fought 2015, somewhere around there. Fact check the Schmo. If the Schmo is wrong, he's wrong. It's within a year or two of that. It was years ago. And give him the opportunity. But if Masvidal wins, either way, for we're going to ask you the question about Colby Covington. I think Covington should fight Masvidal next, no matter what. And heck, let's make that the ultimate fighter. Entertainment. Oh, my God. You would need some. You would need some. Uh triple the security team jesus these dudes would literally stick each other as much as they were friends at one point they uh they're gonna fight they'll, they will fist fight as soon as they see each other so i don't know if that's gonna happen it's about the money but i'm with you schmo i think they should do the ultimate fighter together and scrap it out at the end i mean that's that's a real grudge match like you know these dudes are once friends it was like me and brandon moreno you know i you know when some you know when brandon trained with benavides i I asked, I wanted to fight, and I went up to him. I told him, hey, why don't we just fight, dude? You know what I mean? And, uh, and of course, you know how that is, dude. When you have, when there's a rivalry or something happens, you know, you guys take it on the most political way. Fighting. Why not? Yes. Absolutely. What's next for Rose and Waylee? What's next for Roseman? I think Rose is probably more likely going to fight Carla Esparza, the, the only girl that has beaten her schmo, and the reason why Carla Esparza is dangerous because that's all she pretty much does is wrestle. And as we saw in the past, that's how she beat her. And she's got good She's got two good bases out of the four. Wrestling and jujitsu. She's dangerous up top, man. Like she comes from the 10th planet. Like she knows her submissions. So I think that's the next fight for Rose. And for Zhang Wei Li, I mean, why not give her uh, maybe uh, the uh, the Brazilian fighter, uh, uh, Marina? I think I think she fights Rodriguez. I think that's a great fight for her. When her when her baby gets back in line for a next for for a top shot. I mean, it was a split decision that she lost, Mo. And a lot of people are saying that she actually won. So here's the Schmo's responses to all three of those things. If you have the ultimate fighter of Kobe Covington and you have Orhey Masvidal, that's how you convert getting the casual fans to the diehard fans. That's the type of fight to change and catapult the popularity sport. Let's ride it. With Rose fighting the cookie monster, excellent. If Rose isn't already satisfied to you as the greatest strawweight 115-pounder ever, you got Joanna, whatever you think it is, then if she beats Cookie Monster, the first ever champion in this division, the person to beat her, one of the only people to ever beat her, right? Then she wins it. She's for sure 100%, no doubt, the greatest 115-pounder UFC history, no doubt. Wei Lee, you say, Rodriguez, love that fight, but why not have the rematch of the best fight of, was it 2019 to early 2020? Joanna Young, check 2. Wei Lee, let's go. I like it. I like it. I forgot about that one, Shamar. I think you're absolutely right, dude. I would love to see Joanna and Zhang Willie. I mean, too. I mean, that was a fight of the year in 2020. I mean, that was a that was a fight and a half. So, if you can run it back that way, 
it, it seems like Joanna's just, I think she's just having fun in life right now. So I'm not even sure if she's coming she back. She deserves it too. Yeah, of and, course. Yeah. So. She's a Hall of Famer. She is a future Hall of Famer. If Schmo said it, she is. But I think she needs to, if she's not ready to come back, don't come back. Because there's something, she, I think she's just enjoying life. So it's the same thing with me. Exactly. I, as, much as, I, as much as I would love to see that fight, you know, it's all about her. Absolutely. Now let's go over to the cringe corner and an upbeat cringe corner. Did you see Chris Barnett? His dance moves off the chart already. Dana White acknowledges that too. But the front flip after the wheel kick KO. This guy's a riot. I know he was matched up against Ben Rothwell, I believe, and his UFC debut early on. And this is that first UFC win in the Mecca in the garden where Jordan used to score over 50. And that was a big deal. He even referenced Jordan. Chris Barnett, next time you got to stick the landing. Cringe Corner. And now, Schmo, it's time for my favorite segment of the show. <laughs> Goated. I have to give it, give it to none other than the one and only, the only fighter in boxing history, the super metalweight, the first in history champion of the world, Canelo Alvarez. I mean, this guy is... He's, I mean, he's got over, I think, 60, 70 fights, Schmo, and he's putting a beating on people. Like, he's not just winning like Floyd Mayweather by decision. Canelo Alvarez is stopping his opponents. And this weekend with Caleb Platt, man, he laid an 11th round finish. He knew that he wanted to get this dude out of there. He said what he was going to do, and that's Sashi Rose. So this segment, I got to give it to none other than Canelo Saul Alvarez. And let's just say this about Canelo. The boss man, Dana White, bet 100K that he'd get the knockout or the stoppage, and he did. He won Dana some cash. And let's talk about Canelo in the realistic terms. It's no longer is he one of the greatest boxers in Mexican history. Is he one of the best boxers in world history? And that's absolutely the conversation you have with this man. And let's just say this. Hearts out to Caleb Plant. Hell of a warrior. Went, what, 11 rounds? Or stopped in the 11th round? I mean, this guy is the first boxer the Schmo ever interviewed. Caleb Plant, Caleb Sweethands Plant. To get the first L, he was the IBF super middleweight champion. To get it by Canelo, kudos to him. He's the man. What's your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo. Will deliver and we are.